episode number 40. I'm Martin Woodward. And I'm Greg Duncan. And I'm Paul Hacker. Hey guys, good to have you back. So let's just jump straight into the show, shall we? We've got lots of news again. I tell you what, when we when we stepped up to doing these, um, you know, a show every two weeks, I was thinking, man, what are we going to talk about every two weeks? But every time we have a new show, there's new bits that have shipped. It's amazing. <laughs> so the one I wanted to mention just first up was um, we released a beta version of the Power Tools is available. If you go to tinyurl.com slash TFS 11 beta power, uh, that'll take you to the main, uh, you know, TFPT power tools. Um, now, it, it, it's important to note these are the these are a beta of the power tools. We um, with TFS 2010 um, when that was in beta. You know, so TFS the beta releases of TFS have a go live license where right. um, you can use TFS for production. You know, you can use it to develop software again uh, and. We want people to, so that we can get some, you know, feedback. You, you never know what issues lurk until people use the thing in anger. Right. Um, uh, and it just doing evaluations is never really enough. You know, you have to use it in production to to find everything. Now this time around, we've got uh, tfspreview.com, which is running. It's actually running a build that's more recent, more recent than the beta. Believe it or not, it's it's running a build, and um, it got updated on Monday as well. So um, a few days ago from when we were recording. So um, yeah, it's running a very recent build. However, so we're getting lots of good feedback from it and from people using it. But um, for people using TFS on premises, um, yeah, we really want people to install the beta release and let us know what they think and how things are going. So with TFS 2010. We um, realised quite rapidly that we nobody was going to upgrade to the beta unless they had um, certain power tools. So, uh, and, and and the list of power tools that people need before they're going to production has grown. Um, the 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 one that um, people really need is the process template editor so you can right. go in and and, and customise your process templates and you know and uh, and also go in and um we, a couple of weeks ago i probably i'll try and i'll try and remember to stick a link into the show notes we we talked about a video um that um brian keller had released with evald in explaining how to upgrade your your team projects um to to do to upgrade your team project and to add features into the process templates you need to go in and edit your process templates and you know it's all very well using the command line and notepad and things but the process template editor is a much nicer experience to do that so um yeah so so the power tools we we've the beta release of the power tools we focused on just getting enough done against tfs 11 that would be just enough so that people would be unblocked you know and could and could uh, go live against the beta so if you don't see things in the beta power tools, it's not because we've um, we're not doing them, and it's not because you know we will never we, we've got rid of that as a power tool. It's because we just had a stack. We've got a stack rank list of things we wanted to stick into the power tools, and you know we only got a certain way, a way down, and we put the blockers up first. So um, yeah, the main power tool release has in it um, the best practice analyzer. It's got some uh, some of the enhancements to um, Team Explorer, including um, I mean it's got the the clone build definition thing in, which is quite cool. Um, especially if you you know when you're branching and then you want to you want to create a new build definition from a branch, um, the clone build definitions you know menu options quite handy. 
Um, it's got some stuff in about copying work item paths, which makes it easy for you. But the 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 new page is there's a new um, team collaboration page in there, um, which is again that that team collaboration page in particular is a very early you know cut of the team collaboration stuff. Um, there are known issues in it, um, but we just wanted to show you kind of where we're thinking of going with team collaboration inside of Team Explorer. Um, it's a bit bit shinier than it was in the past, so hopefully that's useful. But then, um, in terms of things that you know, showstoppers, there's all the the you know bunch of the TFPT command line tools um, are in again. Um, so the TFPT.exe command line. The test attachment cleaner, which is very useful for clearing up space, um, again, you, you know, from all the test attachments. So that's people need that to be able to go live. And then also the you know, process template editor, and finally, of course, the um, the shell extensions. So uh, there, you know, that's the context menu stuff that you get in the Windows shell um, when you point into TFS. You know, so that that um, that particular the shell extensions again. Now we have local workspaces, and you can you can it makes it a lot easier to edit outside of Visual Studio. Mm-hmm. The the shell extensions are really really useful in terms of you know the whole. I want to do source control, but I don't want to particularly be anywhere near Visual Studio kind of workflows. So um, either developers who don't want to be in Visual Studio, or indeed other project stakeholders who don't want to be in Visual Studio. Yeah, so that's in the main TFPT. We also released the um, the build extensions. We updated the build extensions. Um, you know, that's that's kind of my little baby. Um, so that works against Ant and Maven um, against TFS 11. Just to point out, um, the uh, you can you know it allows you to build Antor Maven and publish the January test results back to Team Foundation Server. It works great. The the, the this beta build works great for an on-premises TFS instance, but it um, the publishing of JUnit test results doesn't currently work against um, the TFS preview. Uh, we we we've got some code that's working internally to do that, but it's kind of a bit hacky, so I didn't want to ship it with the hacking. Uh, and we're actually um, changing how we we're going to change how we publish test results. Um, previously, up until now, we've we've been sort of shelling out to mstest.exe to publish the test results. But what we're going to do is um, go direct and use the 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 APIs to publish test results instead. Which the, those APIs got introduced in TFS 2010. Um, previous versions of the build extensions only ever um, sorry didn't. Know, Previous versions of the build extensions, because it's it was the first time that Microsoft was shipping them, we, we wanted a version of the build extensions you could install, which worked against TFS 2005, 2008, and 2010 in a single MSI file. So that's still out there, and you can still download that. Um, however, uh, this new release is just for TFS 11. So from now on, the build extensions will just be that particular version of the server, you know, and we'll keep all the old versions around, but it will just be for that particular version of the server. And because we're only supporting TFS 11, we can now get rid of, you know, using mstest.exe and actually call this API directly. Um, And that will allow us, the reason why it's not working when we call mstest.exe in the current version that's shipping in the beta is because... um, we need to pick up the credentials that the the build agents authenticated into uh, when it's talking to TFS, so you can pass them through to MS Test Now, 
you don't need to pass any credentials through in an on-premises instance because it's using Windows integrated authentication. So it all just magically works, you know, using the default credentials. But in on-premises, it's actually using a, a thing called a service credential under the hood, which is a, a, a thing in um, ACS in Azure. Um, and it actually it's, it's authenticating as a service. And this is something that gets magically set up for you when you install the build agent on-premises, talking to your TFS build server um, out in the cloud. But um, yeah, we... That means that basically we don't have an authentic we don't have any authentication criteria we can pass around from uh, you know from one process to the next. So we have to kind of keep things in the same process, which is why uh, for for talking to TFS, so that we can sh- we can we can reuse this authenticated connection back to TFS. So that's why we're changing things around. I, I was trying to get it done in time ready for the beta but unfortunately just just didn't get around to it so apologies but it will it will work against the uh, hosted tfs server in, in as soon as i can do that so you can get that stuff from tinyurl.com slash tfs 11 beta build and then finally the other two uh, tfs 11 uh, power tool things that got released were the um the miski providers so the 32-bit miski provider so you know greg hey finally you can use <laughs> six stuff yeah tfs 11 great um so, but the 64-bit one is for basically. Um, I think it's only MATLAB currently that you, MATLAB 64-bit that uses it. But um, if you need a 64-bit MISCU provider, we also have that available, and that talks to TFS 11. So yeah, to, for for all for the beta power tools to work and the um, the MISCU provider, you need a Visual Studio 11 installed on the you know on the machine you're installing these into. It uses the TFS 11, you know, APIs. Equally, the the beta build extensions, um, they're just to install on a TFS 11 uh, build server. If you've got a TFS 2010 build server that you're using against TFS 2010, uh, then just then just use the current 2010 power tools. Which, if you go to um, aka.ms/tfpt, you'll get links to those. Okay, so that was that was my news about the power tools. <laughs> that was a bit of a long one. Sorry about that. Any what uh, what news have you guys? Uh, what anything that's come across your radar, Greg? Yeah, a couple of things. I was interested in the last couple of weeks. Uh, one was that the the ALM Rangers. You know, those guys are if, if you're doing anything TFS, you need to be watching their work. Uh, released a, a quick reference guide uh, and updated that for VS11. Uh, called it V3 for VS11. And you can get that at tinyurl vs11quick, Q-U-I-C-K. And um, you can get also version 2 for 2010. If you're still on that. This stuff sounds interesting. But what these guides are, are you know, bite-sized chunks of uh, getting started information, reference guides, uh, uh, cheat sheets may be easier because the majority of them are a single sheet. Uh, they're pretty. You know, there's a lot of pictures on it, but there's a lot of good information on them as well. Uh, you know, the prettiness will help you when you're trying to sell this to maybe a senior management. You know, it's always good when it's not too information dense. Um, but it does provide – it's a lot of good getting started stuff, a lot of things to get you going and to provide you additional links to more in-depth information. Uh, you know, the ALM Rangers have a huge ton of 
guides, you know, there's got to be what, you know, like thousands of pages, if not more of guide and guidance on how to do stuff. And you really don't want to reinvent the wheel. I don't want to reinvent the wheels. So business developer, you know, I, I, I like guidance. You know, I, I like people, you know, suggesting, you know, here's a cool tool and here's a good way that you can use that tool. Um, so I, I always more impressive is these, you know, these, the guidance was available basically as soon as beta shipped, <laughs> the guidance was all there and they had a bunch of projects that shipped basically alongside with beta. So, uh, you know, these guys are doing, they don't get paid to do work on TFS ranges. This is a, a group of people, both MVPs and consultants inside Microsoft and, you know, people from around the community. Um, and they're just all working on it in their spare time. And, and yet they managed to ship, some great stuff of such high quality, you know, alongside of the beta. It's incredibly impressive. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Good stuff. So where did we get that from again? Sorry, Greg. That was, that was, um, tiny URL VS. And I scrolled out of the way too here. VS 11 quick. There we go. Hard That's up. it. Great. Thank you. Sorry. There we go. Cool. How about you, Paul? Anything good? Well, I've been, um, doing a lot of deployments of, uh, TFS 11, Mm. Um, for customers, we, cause it has a go live license. We have customers calling us now saying they want TFS 11 and no, we want to know full hosted for them. So, um, yeah. So one of the things that that leads to is, okay. Um, I may be a shop that's not starting out new. I'm running TFS 2005, 2008, 2010. How do I get from there to, to TFS 11? Cause I want to start taking advantage of that. So there's a couple of really great posts out there that talk about your upgrade paths from 2005 to 2011, 2010 to 2011. Um, the 2005 to 2011 is going to be a little bit of an arduous process. There's two upgrades you have to do. Um, and, and, and Simon has a post out there on that. Um, that basically lets you know you have to upgrade from 2005 to either 2008 or 2010 and then do the jump to TFS 11. Um, so that is at tinyurl.com slash TFS 2005 upgrade. Okay. And you can read more about that. And that those those types of things that always intrigue me because our customers are always wanting to be upgraded to the latest and greatest. And so, you know, when I when I see people out there doing these things and writing posts, it's 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 really great that they're giving back to the community like that. Um, because it allows us to just be able to take what they've learned and, and apply that rather than us having to be the guinea pig all the time. Um, and, uh, and again, then from going from 2010 to 2011, there's a couple of different ways. Um, one is you can do the upgrade like you did from 2008 to 2010, or the other one is the simple detach and attach. So maybe you want to stand up a fresh environment, uh, and you want to get all your data out of 2010 and get it into TFS 11. How are you going to do that? So we, there's a blog post by, um, uh, Gianmarie Arisi, who, uh, has a blog post at tinyurl.com slash TFS 10 to 11, and um, that's T-O to 11. Um, and uh, he talks about how you go about detaching your project collections and moving them over to your new TFS 11 server and reattaching them and, and, and going from there. And then, of course, you know, you got to take advantage of all the, the new features that are in TFS 11. So there's a couple of good posts out there if you're looking to upgrade or you're looking to start new and want to bring your stuff over. Um, some some great posts out there for, for our readers to uh, – and listeners to uh, go out there and, and dig into. Fantastic. One of the um, important things to remember as well, with, with the Go Live license for TFS 11, um, we are saying that we will um, upgrade you from TFS 11 beta 
to TFS RTM, you know, a straight upgrade. So if you if you're on TFS 11 beta, uh, when TFS 11 RTM comes out, you'll basically you just uninstall TFS from the application tier, install it again, point it to the database, and it'll go. Oh look, that 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 database is running an older schema. I need to up, or I need to upgrade that and get that running against uh, any of the new stuff we've added in TFS 11 RTM. So, yeah, brilliant. It's a lot easier nowadays. You can tell from you know the upgrade path from TFS 2010 to TFS 11. You know that John uh, is talking about where it's just detach and attach. It's um, that's a much nicer way of doing it than uh, than the old. You remember the 2005-2008 was just horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. I think the the worst thing in 2005-2008 was the whole you had to you, you had to take SharePoint along with it and upgrade SharePoint and things like that as well. Yeah. It was just painful. I remember. Hey ho, I don't have to do that anymore, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, cool. Brilliant stuff. Hey, speaking of Jan, um, he did a great post uh, over at um, tinyurl, tinyurl.com slash tfs11local talking about local workspaces in TFS11. This is local workspaces is my, um, is my favorite feature of TFS11. I would never go back to working any other way now. I've been working with local workspaces for just over a year. And, um, yeah, I would never, ever, ever go back. Have you guys had a chance to play with them much yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. No, not yet. Okay, so basically it's um, getting rid of the getting rid of the read only bit is the is the is the is the thing we've talked a bit about them i think we should probably we should do an entire show just on the changes we did to version control because um they kind of went alongside the, the local workspaces work so you know you don't have to check files out in local workspace mode um you just edit them wherever you don't you know it just works you don't have to be connected you don't have to be online it just all works as you would expect um so it, it it's a great a great way of working. The the thing we also did as we were doing that work, we also did a bunch of work to uh, make things like auto merge a lot more efficient and a lot you know a lot more just do the right thing. And we cut we we made things a lot less modal and we made things um, block a lot less on the UI as all part of this work. So the if if you've been in your organization, if you if you try to get a team on board. Um, especially maybe they were a subversion team. You tried to get them on board with TFS in the past and met some resistance from a particular team. Um, try again with TFS 11, and you know. And if you bring any, if you've got any subversion teams out there in your company um, or even CVS teams, um, in the past they might have had some um, some what's the word issues when you know. It, having to learn a new model for version control com- coming to TFS. Uh, if they come to TFS 11, then I think they'll have a much smoother transition because it all works a lot more um, like they're probably expecting it to work. So, yeah, so that, that's another uh, great post at tinyurl.com slash TFS um, 11. Now, I know we had some uh, reader some reader mails come in Greg, do you want to cover some of those? Or? Yeah, uh, Pedro Gonzalez uh, sent us an email after the last show and asking us a, a couple questions. And um, so he and I have been conversing back and forth a little bit. Uh, you know, first of all, he asked um, one of the problems that they have, and I could feel for this individual, uh, is, uh, you know, they're a, 
building an internal application inside the shop. You know, they're line of business developers and they have two different tracking systems. They have, uh, uh, just let me just read the email. Currently, our business analysts and support tech log issues into a separate application. Eventually, they assign it to a developer. At that point, we copy it into TFS to track our time and link the work item information to the source code for check-in. So, you know, they've got two totally independent systems where they're tracking essentially the same piece of work. Um, his question was, will TFS uh, 11 make this easier? Will make it simpler? Uh, from what I had been seeing, you know, the answer is no. You know, it, it, nothing is changing in that respect. Is that did I answer that one correctly, guys? Well, it's interesting. No, well, so web access in TFS eleven is a is a heck of a lot nicer now, um, and a heck of a lot more approachable. But it's still, um, <clears throat> I still. I work with plenty of people who still think that it's not the place to put customer data in, um, that customer data doesn't belong in a bug. It belongs in a CRM system and that you should have a link between your CRM system where you, where you have issues relating to customers and then link that through, you know, to, to TFS. So I don't know. When when I worked at TeamPrize, we used to just we just took a customer name and customer field, you know, inside of our bug work item type and track them that way. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure about that, but it, let's assume for now that they they've got a a a another system that they want to integrate with TFS. Is that uh, somehow you know right. make it better? So yeah, let's let's go with that. So. What my reply back to him was good that a that I didn't lie that uh good to hear that <laughs> uh, but I swear I saw something about support tickets or DevOps coming in in TFS eleven I, I don't know where I saw it and I can't find it again no, maybe I so, was dreaming yeah, or something no 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 we we do definitely have um, a better story when it comes to uh, supporting things once they've gone out to production. So there's a couple of different things there. Um, we support IntelliTrace in production now. Right. So you can get that data back easily. We have the SCOM adapter so that you can easily uh, create, get a issue that's come in through System Center and get that into TFS. Oh. Okay. Um, and then there is, well, this is that's ops to TFS. You know what I mean? Right. Not not front end customer support. We also have um, the we've integrated uh, preemptive analytics in. Um, so you know the kind of crash reports and things like that that we get um, that we have Doctor Watson data. You know when it says right. Word has crashed or whatever, or you know Visual Studio has crashed. Would you like to send a bug report to Microsoft? Um, if you say yes, then that appears in a database in Microsoft, and then um, it basically uh, there's a bunch of clever stuff that happens to make sure that um, it, only one of those bugs gets created and uh, lands in TFS with a count against it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and if we see one of those, then to be honest, that probably doesn't trigger um, too many alarm bells because, you know, weird things happen. But um, if we see like 10 of them or if we see 80 of them, then things definitely, you know, then that then is a hugely high priority uh, bug. But why, why, you know, why are people hitting this error? Um, that shouldn't be happening. So the preemptive analytics stuff kind of allows you to do a similar thing and and and, and get bug reports back and you know with with really good data back into TFS. But what it doesn't do 
is allow um it's not a front end that customers can use to report bugs themselves that but contains a simplified work item form it's um and it doesn't allow you to have say um a public and a private repository of bugs you know quite often people want to keep security bugs uh internal they, they don't right. want those on the public database right. but they want any bugs that somebody has raised to be on the public database you know so we don't do that in a minute got it got it so what it sounded like in the feedback that I gave, one of the solutions that I've been I've watched for a while is the uh, Team Foundation Server Integration Tools. And now this tool set, which is uh, you can find more information, get the current version, which was just released in March uh, 2012, uh, updated for TFS 11 at tiny URL TFSIT, um, and and this toolkit is to integrate. It both it does a migration. So you can do it from like TFS to TFS, um, or it also hooks into doing bi-directional updates, third-party systems. Uh, for example, Rational ClearCase, Rational ClearQuest. There is even a, an example one using a, a file-based version control migrations. Um, and what's also cool about this whole thing is that the source for this entire thing is available as well. You know, so it's not some black box. You you just get in and hope it works. You, you get the entire source for this beast, mm-hmm. and as well as guidance for if you want to create your own um, adapters. So if you have if your your tracking system isn't you know one of the ones that are listed, then you can potentially create your own and maybe solve your own problem. That kind of integration. Yeah, With I'd that, like we- to add one thing to that, too, is yeah. that it's also a supported tool by Microsoft because I've used the integration platform at a client extensively um, coming from ClearCase to TFS, and um, I've had to put in many support tickets um, as, as they were developing the product um, to get it to work correctly, and uh, they, they support it 100%. You know, you get a support person and everything, so it's great. It's great to use that toolkit. Mm. So one of the one of the the problems inherent with any integration tool though is handling of conflicts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what happens if um, if somebody edits you know the 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 their external system and then edits TFS at the same time kind of thing before the integrations run. You always get conflicts appearing. Even in a we have um, a TFS to TFS migration you know integration that runs on our code base because our our connect bugs go into one TFS database and our um, our support tickets get raised in that database, but we actually develop out on TFS uh, preview. You know, this is a Team Explorer Everywhere team. So we we actually have the integration toolkit. Um, I don't, it's not strictly supported doing it this way yet, but uh, we did, you know, we managed to hack, hack. Oh, no, hang on. No, it is supported now in this in this new release. That's good. But um, yeah, we were running an early version of this and had it um integrating you know with the bug database that's up in the cloud on tfspreview.com and then um yeah it, it meant that we got all our customer support tickets and uh connect bugs in the tfs instance that we were developing on day to day so it works well but we still occasionally get conflicts where uh, we'll maybe edit a bug over here as somebody from support is editing a bug over there and then it conflicts up and we get email alerts coming out and you know we have to manually resolve those conflicts from time to time and things like that so it's the nature of the beast unfortunately but it certainly beats copy pasting fields over every time <laughs> yeah sure sure 
So what else did uh, yeah what, what what else did we talk about? Pedro had a few things he wanted to discuss, wasn't it? Yeah, the other thing he was asking about, you know, you had mentioned and you just mentioned it now about the automatic uh, connection from Connect into your TFS, and he was wondering um, if if you would know. And I know Microsoft is so huge, and every team is doing uh-huh. stuff differently. But in general, how does uh, Microsoft support infrastructure if they do the same thing with customer issues and and uh, do you have any idea how other people are doing these kinds of uh, you know support customer support request and tracking? Does every team have the, does every team have their own thing or? Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, we we did a show with Ed Blankenship oh a long time ago. I'll have to dig out the link, uh, but you know it was one of the earlier shows, and he talked about when he worked at Infragistics, um, they used um, the Microsoft CRM stuff to to actually talk, you know, to log issues with customers, but then integrated that with TFS um, and had those two things hooked up. So that's certainly possible. And they actually did that with having um, custom work item controls and a custom process template so that when you um, – so there was only one master of data and it just basically stored uh, this is related to CRM case 456 sort of thing. And CRM case 456 would say this is related to bug 1234. Um, and um, in, in, the, in the work item control, they had a custom – in the work item template, they had a custom control which allowed them to um, embed the CRM data into the work item. So it was still there in front of each developer. So that's something that that um, some people do. Um, other people just use the um, like you do, like you say, the migration and integration uh, integration tools to um, to hook two systems together. Other people hand build stuff because they've got some hand built system and they just you know build stuff on top of the TFS API. It's actually one of the areas where the Java SDK gets used a lot um, by people who've got some in house Java system that was built over many many years um, and they're trying to hook that up to TFS. Um, the, if you can use the integration tools, then you probably will be more successful because it provides you with a bunch of the plumbing code early on. The way Connect works is actually a big horrible hack. You know, Microsoft is, uh, uh, you know, the the cobbler's son and all that. The um, Connect works uh, just horribly, and probably don't even want to go. It it actually <laughs> goes via um, uh, an older. Uh, uh, bug tracking system we used to use internally, um, and which which work which work item tracking in TFS is based on this old system we use internally called Product Studio, um, and a lot of the code from Product Studio is actually you know in TFS still to this day. Um, so it goes via it gets synced to like a Product Studio database, and then get that gets synced to the TFS stuff, and it's all a bit kludgy to be honest. We could do with um, we could do with revising that, but you know we we like to focus on customers features first before we build around. We'll get there in the end, I dare say. Very good, very good. Uh, well, as, yeah, as long as you're not you, you didn't tell me some story about how Connect sends an email and you've got some automated processing mining the email database. That would be a hack. That would yeah. be scary. Well, so. yeah, at least, at least it's automated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, it's not. It's not quite that bad. So, and Pedro had one last question: is asking about a rollback. Is a rollback going to be available? Okay. And uh, version yeah, control my- rollback or work item rollback. Uh, version control because you compared it to um, the capability that was in Visual Source Safe. Okay, yeah, it was rollback was actually in uh, TFS two thousand and eight um, SP one, I believe, or maybe even in TFS two thousand eight, but it was command line only, um, and the command lines 
particularly cryptic. So not a lot of people knew it existed. Um, we put it in as a power tool in the last TFS 2010 power tool release. And then it's actually built into the UI in Visual Studio 11. So you can now um, roll back from the UI in TFS 11. There are two places where you get to the rollback UI from. One is if you do a, you know, if you do a view history um, and look at change sets, you can, you can roll back change sets. And then you can also go and you can actually in Source Control Explorer look at individual files um, and then roll back, you know, individual files or folders and things to particular points in time. So um, have a look at the, you just, yeah, in Visual Studio 11, if you just um, right click on uh, on a file in Source Control Explorer or right click on a change set in history and look at the rollback options and let us know uh, what you think to rollback and have a try and let us know if that um, if that does exactly what you need it to do. There's still a fairly involved dialogue box that comes up, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's actually can people want different things from rollback, so it's actually been an interesting problem to try and build the UI around it. So um, I would be interested in in feedback. Um, if you send the feedback, obviously to Microsoft forums, but feel free to also you know email us here at the show, and uh, especially Pedro, if you've got if you've got a follow up, now you've tried to use it, then you know you've got the email address radiotfs <laughs> at gmail dot com. Just uh, send along send along how you've got on. It'd be great to hear. Well, that's probably um, a show, guys. We're we're just over thirty minutes here, so I know we had a bunch of news that we still haven't got to. We'll have to take we'll have to save that for the next show if we don't release anything too major between now and then. So, uh, let's hope let's hope we do because this is, this is quite good, isn't it? This is yeah, quite that's good. awesome. Yeah, anything you wanted to wrap up with, or should we uh, should we call it a show? I'm uh, let's call it a show. Okay, yeah, I think we're done. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, uh, Greg and Paul, and thanks uh, everyone listening for your time. It's uh, the show numbers have been creeping up since we got back onto this regular cadence, so it's great to um, it's great to see you know how many listeners we've got that's fantastic so thank you very much for your time if you've got any additional um things you'd like us to talk about then do email us radiotfs at gmail.com and um you know let us know what you'd like us to cover in future shows i think we're going to start doing some deep dives into features of tfs 11 and visual studio 11 so let us let us know what you'd like to look at first okay so uh thank you for your time and we'll speak to you next time on radio tfs